0: and welcome to Coffee and Pearl's 15 Minutes of Wisdom for Catholic Moms. I'm Sterling Jaquith and today we are talking about husbands. Now I'm embarrassed to say that I was reading so much this week. I was reading three different books and doing some research on a bunch of articles and I wrote down this phrase and then I could not figure out where it came from. So I apologize to whoever said this originally. If you know where it comes from, please let me know because I would love to credit it. It is not my phrase, uh, but it absolutely rocked my world when I read it. And I thought, wow, that just captures so much of what's important in marriage. And I'm not doing a really good job of it. So here is what I read. It said, find a hero, ladies, marry him. And then cheer that hero on every day. And I love this word hero. I love the hero's journey. I read a lot about that for both men and women. You know, we're all on our own hero's journey, which is something we can really liken to the lives of the saints. You know, most of them had heroic lives, even if they were rocky at different parts. And I love thinking about my husband as a hero. And it kind of conjures up a little bit the feelings that I had when I met him, right? Because there were this sea of men and, you know, most of them weren't very religious. And here I met this guy and he just loved Jesus so much. And he wanted a wife who would stay home with the kids and be open to homeschooling. And so he just felt like a unicorn, right? That's kind of the wrong word. So I like the word hero instead. Um, And he was just a hero to me. And I don't, I'm gonna fully admit, I just don't think of him like that much anymore. And as soon as I read that, I just, all those feelings came back and I thought, gosh, he is my hero. And I bet I never tell him that And I thought, I think I do a pretty bad job of making him feel like that. I think I do kind of a feminine job of affirming, like, oh, you're a good dad, or thanks for working for us, or, but as I thought of the phrases that I often use to compliment him or support him, again, they just, they felt very feminine in a way. And I just thought, I bet he wants to feel like a hero, like a knight in shining armor. And... You know, I read these books about training our boys like that, right? That's one thing that boys are not getting as much anymore. I was listening to a priest who was talking about that's why men really love video games and watching football because they they crave this hero's journey and and this sense of battle and overcoming. And so because we don't give them those opportunities in real life anymore, they kind of live through video games and, and sports to get that. And I just, first it made me sad, right? Because I thought, oh gosh, my poor husband, you know, he just gets like pats on the head is I think what it probably feels like to him instead of feeling really just celebrated as a hero. Find a hero, marry him, and then cheer him on every day. And I think that's just such a an amazing image that, we really need to chew on. We really need to look at our husbands no matter how sloppy they are, how bad at housework or dishes they are, no matter how much TV they're watching, no matter how bad they are with the kids or neglecting of of you and your needs. I'm not excusing any of that. But what if we treated them like heroes? Now, my marriage is not in a particularly strong place right now, right? We have had three babies in three years in addition to our other three kids. And, you know, we own our own business, which is always kind of a stressful in, endeavor. And, you know, our sex life is kind of in shambles because we're, basically we just kind of think we're going to be celibate for a whole year. And um, and so I I know that it can kind of, rub you the wrong way to think of your husband as a hero if you're not in a really strong marriage place, but I kind of wonder if that is one of the contributing factors, at least for me, right, that I'm, I'm giving him these kind of girly compliments or, or pats on the head instead of just celebrating him as a hero, and when I first read this, I thought it will be weird to suddenly start using language like that. Like he would, he would look at me funny and he'd be like, what's wrong with you? If I, if he were to come home and I'd say, you know, you're my hero, I think it would be cheesy and he wouldn't believe it. And even when I tried to say it in my head, it sounded cheesy and unbelievable. And so I have instead been trying to use more subtle language about what he does for us and how strong he is. And his sacrifice and how brave he is. If you think of the words that you would use to describe a hero and you say those, they feel much more genuine. And all husbands display this. And the more you call it out, the more you will see it. That's just a psychology 101 thing, right? You get what you notice. This is true in husbands and in children, when you lift them up in a certain area it feels good and they want more of that so they will do more of that it has to be real but i want you to maybe make a list of words that you would use to describe a hero or a saint and then find ways to work that in to telling your husband how great he is another thing we need to work on is the five to one ratio right We should be saying five positive things to one critical thing, which most of us are doing absolutely terrible on, but that's okay. Um, It just means there's room to improve. And it's funny how much effort I put into the five to one ratio with my kids, but then I, my husband just isn't even on that list. I just don't think of him in the same way. And I thought, well, that's wrong. And so I just, this hero thing just fired me up. And I felt like God was just speaking to me and saying, this is what you need. And so as I, as I thought of the language I wanted to use, I thought, well, I should do this five to one ratio thing too, right? Five positive things about him for every one critical thing or thing I need help with. The other thing that I've gotten into the habit of doing is picking one small thing to do for him each day that I know will make him happy or make his life easier. And I don't tell him. Sometimes I do ask him if he's with me in the morning. I'll say, hey, is there something I can do for you? But sometimes he, he leaves sometimes at five in the morning and I don't see him. And so I'll just pick something that I know is something that's meaningful to him or helpful to him. Um, and I just keep a... A sticky note pad in my bathroom, and write it down on that. I have to write things down, otherwise, I don't, I don't remember anything. And so then I'll write it down on a sticky note, and I'll put it in my refrigerator, because that's the room that I'll probably be in many times throughout the rest of the day. One small thing. What's one small thing you can do to make your life, make your husband's life, better somehow or easier somehow? The other practice that I've been embracing is this idea of just beaming him love, whether he's with me or in the house or gone at work. This idea that I just conjure these warm, loving feelings in my heart for him. And then I just imagine this huge ray of warmth or sunshine kind of beaming from me to him. It's so easy to be annoyed with husbands and disappointed with husbands. And I don't mean to throw husbands under the bus. I'm sure they they think the same thing about us, right? Like it's just hard to be married and to live with another adult, period. But it's so easy to live in that space and just see the lacking instead of just pausing for no reason at all and just thinking, gosh, I have so much love for this person. And even when... My husband and I are not in a good place. Either we're squabbling or either we're just grumpy with each other or just busy and frazzled with life. And sometimes that has nothing to do with each other, but we're just not necessarily in a happy place. If I take a few moments and just think about him, like, I don't want to be with anyone else. And I always think if he died, I wouldn't get married again. Marriage is hard enough and I can't imagine doing all of that again. Like, he's my lobster, you know? And even when it's hard, like he's my guy. And so I can beam him love at any point. And it really changes my attitude and my demeanor. And the more I do that, the more I just I see him as a soul and my life partner rather than Like a business partner who's trying to get through the kids and the job and the house and all of the things that we do together. And it's so easy to fall in that problem solving mode, right? But we're not co-workers. We have a vocation to be married and this concept of kind of beaming someone love, which comes from tools. It's one of the tools by Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels, which we talked about in the last episode. But I I just I love it and it's been such a helpful practice for me. The last thing I want to talk about is praying for your husband and then telling him that you've been praying for him. So often we pray for our husbands, um, and there's a great book about that, The Power of a Praying Wife or a Prayerful Wife. And so I pray for my husband, but I have, sometimes I don't think he realizes how much I pray for him or how specific the prayers are so recently we were discerning whether we were going to send our kids to school or not you know they go to this high well they they did they went to this hybrid classical school where they went to school for two days and then we homeschooled them for three days and we were thinking about keeping them home and i just prayed fiercely for two weeks i said you know what god because we were making this decision when i was eight months pregnant which is you know not when you should be making major life decisions. Eight month pregnant ladies should not make major life decisions. And so I just prayed for two weeks. I said, you know what, God, move my husband's heart and point him in the right direction and I will follow him. And I just prayed that without telling him for, for two weeks um, because he wanted them to go and I kind of wanted to keep them home. And, you know, it's not that we, we, we talked in that amount of time. I read a couple books and shared some things with him. Uh, we talked to the kids about it. I mean, all this stuff was happening, but I wasn't pushing him. And I told him, I said, you know what, whatever you decide, we'll do it. And surprisingly to me and to him, he just totally changed his mind. And by the end of it, he was like, no, we need to keep the kids home. That's what we should do. And later I told him, I said, you know, I had just been praying for you for a long time that God would move your heart and that you would lead us and I would follow you. And I could see in his face that that was meaningful for him, that I trusted him, that I was praying for him, that I thought that highly of him and that I was willing to kind of surrender my idea of what we should do to his, which doesn't happen very often. I I think I mostly did that um, because I was eight months pregnant and emotional. And that's just, again, like not not your best self making choices. And so I really wanted him who was in a much more rational place to tell me what he thought. And I do really respect and value his opinion. But a lot of times we we make decisions a bit more equally. And this time I just thought, you know, I'm going to give it to him and trust what he comes out with. And it was just a beautiful thing. And and I pray for him a lot. And then afterwards, I will tell him, you know, oh, Michael, I was just really praying for you this week, that this, you know, that that fencing job that we did was going to go well, or that you would have the right words to use in a sticky situation with one of our employees you know, or I've just been really praying about your relationship with Violet. He and Violet are kind of, I can't tell if they're the same people and that's why they drive each other nuts or if they're opposite people yet. This is one of those, but he and our third daughter butt heads a lot. And they have tons of sweet moments too, but just naturally they don't get along as well as he does with the other ones. And so sometimes I'll just pray for them in their relationship and then out of nowhere he'll just, you know, take her and do something really sweet with her. And I see that and then I tell him, gosh, you know, it's just been in my heart. I've been praying, praying about you and her, and you're such a great dad. And I think most of us wives are praying for our husbands, but we just don't tell them. And I think it's important that they know that they're important to us and that we're we're doing that. And that we see the fruits of that, that we see God working through them. And that we're also calm enough to step back and and let God work through them. You know, it's so hard. Most of us want to run the show. And as homemakers, that's our job. I mean, our job in in a large way is to run the household. But it doesn't mean we run our husbands, right? And so I like to use language to let him know that I trust him. And that I look to him for certain things. And that, and then I trust his relationship with God, right? That I'm not always the one that has to force my idea of what's right, that I can just pray to God and say, God, bring about this change in my husband or, or just help him to realize something he didn't realize before. Sometimes I don't always know what we need, but I'll say, reveal that to him instead of me. So I just want to leave you with this phrase again because I think it's so powerful and I want you to just pray about this this week. Find a hero, marry him, and cheer him on every day. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Pearls, ladies, and have a blessed day.